everybody. Welcome back to the Fin Factor. I'm Paul. I'm Aaron. This is episode number 188. No snarky remarks for that number. Uh, Aaron, we have a trade to announce. What do you think <laughs> about this trade, Aaron? Um, Adam Raska, who uh, he, he played an NHL game or two for the Sharks. Uh, didn't do a whole heck of a lot there, but we, uh, we liked his play. Uh, and a 2026 fifth round pick goes to Minnesota. In return, the Sharks get defenseman, right-handed offensive defenseman, Kalen Addison, uh, somebody that, you know, was drafted in 2018, second round, 53rd overall by Pittsburgh, nonetheless. Um, this is, a, you know, it's a guy that that maybe the Sharks have some high hopes for. I mean, it's, it's not the first time we've gone to the Minnesota well looking for a right-handed <laughs> defenseman that's had offensive upside, is it? You think uh, Greer has a good relationship with that uh, GM over there? It probably is. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, this, I think, was a um, – the Sharks kind of benefited from this because Minnesota needed to move somebody um, and get some space out there for uh, – because they had another trade right after this. So um, it was kind of a numbers game, and I'm sure he was like, oh, I'll call up my good old buddy Mike Greer and see if he's interested in having a puck-moving defenseman because everyone in the league knows they need one after they traded Eric Carlson away. So um, this helps because I think uh, I think Kalen needed a, kind of a change of scenery situation in Minnesota. Um, he was a right hand. He's a right-handed shot defenseman, puck moving, offensive minded. The Sharks practically have nobody offensive minded, at least at the NHL level right now. So uh, and a right-handed shot to boot. So uh, very helpful, and he's already manning the top power play unit, which thank. God, they finally got somebody because I was so sick of watching this five forward unit go out there and have more shots against on the power play than they do for um, every team knew that the Sharks are awful defensively and you put out five forwards out there. They're going to be even worse. So um, I- I'm not saying he's the answer or even long term answer, but he's so young that he potentially could at least maybe crack the NHL roster down the road when they are actually pretty good. Um, maybe like a second pairing top four at, at, at his best. I'm saying top four defenseman um, puck moving paired up with a very defensive defenseman. Um, I could see that's probably going to be ceiling. I don't, he's never going to be a top pairing guy, but better than what they had. So I think it's a good win, um, especially short term for this season. At least it'll help them transition out of the back and, gives him an opportunity. And as for Raska, Raska was a seventh round pick. Um, and he's kind of a pesky forward. So guy is going to be on your fourth line. Uh, he'll get some NHL time. He's still just, he's kind of young and Minnesota kind of needed some more of those kinds of players. So again, kind of a, it's kind of a win-win trade for both of them. Raska, I think the sharks are full of third and fourth line guys that are cracking <laughs> the lineup. So diamond dozen in a way, it gives him a chance to get into the NHL helps his career. Um, a win-win. And again, that fifth round draft pick that the Sharks traded is for 2026, not for this upcoming draft, not for next year's draft after that, but the year after that. So the Sharks hopefully will be good. And that fifth round pick will be, who cares? Nothing. So not a big deal. So basically a fifth and a seventh rounder for a second round pick. That's not bad, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like the pick. Um, I, I want to call out Noah Claxton here. He says, Aaron called it. He said the Sharks to make a trade. He says before next show is what he thought you said, but I don't know if if before next show was what you said. Do you recall the timeline you gave? 
for what the set for no 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 for for the sharks making a trade you had said the sharks are going to make a trade and it was going to be soon but uh he's saying before the next show which should be this show which means you were bang on uh, but i don't <laughs> recall you saying before the next show uh i don't think i said next show i think i said thanksgiving which is only next week so okay. i think i said by thanksgiving i think we'll see something um maybe i did see next week I don't, i'll have to go back and look at the tape i don't remember <laughs> solid call nonetheless there um yeah so right shot offensive defenseman um you know again with the departure of brent burns that actually seemed to help uh eric carlson a bit as the the lone right-handed offensive defenseman the guy that everybody looked to to run the offense uh power play everything else right that was our guy obviously uh, that didn't pan out and um you know after shipping eric carlson off it kind of seemed like there's just nothing but defensive defensemen uh, left in the system there. So uh, to be able to get uh, Kalen, bring him in again, he's a young guy. He's still, uh, I think, uh, RFA even after this, uh, his, mm-hmm. his contract expires. So the Sharks control his contract and whatnot. And um, I, I think for me, it's a great pickup. It's a great roll of the dice. Um, certainly, why not bring this guy in? As we've already said, they were running a five-man power play unit, and that just was not working. Um, I will say, much like every other offensive defenseman that we've had uh, recently with the San Jose Sharks, Kalen has his defensive uh, deficiencies, we'll say. Uh, certainly a few times where he's you know kind of caught out of position or looking a little bit weak, maybe uh, off the puck. So um, hopefully that part of his game grows again. Young guy, and he's a defenseman. They take a little while. So, uh, you know, fingers crossed. I think this is something that could be a good future for the Sharks doesn't have to pan out to be a superstar, uh, but just a guy that can maybe hold it down while the Sharks are kind of in that rebuild mode uh, until somebody better comes along or until you know we can make a trade or, or you know draft someone uh, for the same type of, of role. Uh, and then by then, who knows? Maybe this turns into somebody that is uh, you know a good trade asset as well. We will no longer need uh, a right shot uh, offensive defenseman. We've got that position figured out. Then uh, he could become you know, something that can bring something back for the Sharks as well. So, you know, I, I like this. I like the trade. Um, we certainly didn't give up uh, anything that I was attached to. And I think what's coming in is uh, certainly promising. So uh, very happy with the Sharks trade uh, on this one here. Uh, Mike Greer doing Mike Greer things. Now, I don't know that Kalen Addison is necessarily the type of player that Mike Greer likes. Uh, these, uh, you know, heavy, hardworking, um, hard to play against type guys. I think Kalen is more geared toward the uh, the talent side as opposed to the physical side. But you know, you can't have a whole group of bunch of, of bruisers and just hard workers. You know, at this level, everybody should be a hard worker, right? That's mm-hmm. that's kind of what uh, the only reason you're in the NHL at that level is because of the work ethic. So um, uh, hopefully, he brings that in spades and is able to kind of elevate his game and become the guy that we're. We're hoping to have uh, Malachi Nunes says, what about Mario? Mario is a more defensive minded defenseman. When I first uh, saw Mario, I was thinking uh, he would bring some offensive upside, but uh, Aaron, would you share that sentiment as well about Mario? Uh, absolutely. He's, he's not, uh, he's not there for his skill. I'll say that he's more of a defensive. I'm not trying to knock him either. He, that's just not his game. He's um, maybe at the lower levels. He had a little bit more offensive punch, but, uh, not so much here, but was interesting. And I saw this the other day. Let me see if I can find it quickly. I think he was leading the Sharks in shots, which is crazy to think, isn't it? I did um, see that. Yeah. He's now second 
Hurdle has surpassed him, but Mario Ferrell has the second most shots to Hurdle has 37. He has 30. So he's the second leading shot goer on the Sharks with zero goals to show yeah. for it. And only two assists, which is crazy. If you have that many shots on goal, you're going to expect some rebounds and some goals coming off that. So you get some assists. He's only got two. Um, I don't know if you saw, there was a game. I don't know if it was this week or it might have been last week. He had kind of an open chance up close, almost in the slot area. And he ripped it. It looked like he tried to rip it as hard as he can. The goalie gloved it like it was a kid shooting on him. Like it was just not, it was not. And again, I like Mario Farrar. I'm not, I'm not knocking him, but uh, he just doesn't have what it takes to be a scoring offensive threat in the NHL. Very good. Well, thankfully they didn't need a whole lot of scoring uh, threats against the Flyers. First time the Sharks pick up a win. And <laughs> what is it? The first game they scored two right here? This, no, they scored two. No, before. no. They've scored two before. Um, it's, the, it's the next game that it's more than two. Okay. So yes. Sharks against Flyers, two to one win. Um, Aaron, talk to me about this one. I know you hit, you were pulling some stat sheets up. You wanted to call out a yeah, few du- things about Duclair this game. Duclair scores. Uh, he got a, did he get a, did he get a fight in that game? Um, trying to look real quick for the penalties, but, uh, you looking for the Gordy Howe? Did he get a Gordy Howe? I don't think he did. No, he didn't have a fight. Oh, you got a misconduct. That's what it was. Game misconduct at the very end. I forgot about that. Um, we should count that. That's <laughs> different. If you got <laughs> it for fighting, sure. Um, Duclair scores a goal uh, less than two minutes into the game. And this was a game. This is the first, was it the first game after the two 10 goal losses, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, this was the game, the first game after the meeting with Mike Greer. And, um, it, it definitely, that meeting set the tone for the team. And I think we had talked about this last week. We were expecting a win. I didn't know about two wins, but we were expecting a win this week. Um, Philadelphia ends up being the team that that takes the, or gives the Sharks their first win of the season. Um, I think Philadelphia, I think someone had mentioned it before that uh, when Arizona was going through their long losing streak a couple years ago, that Philadelphia was the team that, that ended the streak. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Duclair scores and he's starting to get kind of hot and he's, he's looking better. And fortunately lately he's been sick. So he's been out of the lineup, but he's looking better and, and looking like the guy that he should be on this team and, and scoring some goals. Um, Eklund gets the second goal on the power play to go up to nothing. And then Faraby scored and a little two minutes after that, make it two to one. I would, I don't know about you, but I was on the edge of my seat during that entire third period because I was waiting for the, the collapse. F- yeah. The collapse, the other shooter <laughs> drop back to reality, right? Like I'm just waiting to just go, of course the sharks lose this game. Of course they'll <laughs> screw something up. And they didn't, they didn't. And credit goes to, I mean, the flyers tried. It's not like they, they rolled over and, and, and died. Uh, Blackwood ended with 38 saves i don't think he's ever gonna get a win with under 30 saves <laughs> he had 38 of 39 shots saved uh to bring his shot per- or his uh, save percentage up again um he he is looking legit and we'll get into this a little bit yeah. but blackwood to me is it I, I i said this i think last week or the week before the best goaltender the sharks have had i think since nabokov I don't think Niemi was the answer. He got us pretty far. Um, he was kind of a trendy goalie. 
to me. Like he he blocked everything down low, but was awful up high. Martin Jones was serviceable on a good team, but I mean it's hard to knock knock Martin Jones because he's the only goalie that got the Sharks to the finals. If you think about it that way, so credit due to him. But I think Blackwood far surpasses these guys by by far. I'm I'm kind of in the same boat, and yeah, I think we'll uh, save some of that conversation for later. But certainly happy uh, with the pickup of um, Mackenzie Blackwood again. Uh, Mike Greer doing a heck of a job, if you ask me. Uh, Noah Claxton says, "Duclair realized the only way off the team is to start producing, hence the increase in production." Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think everybody uh, that that's that feels that they're uh, worthy of a better opportunity to go get a cup is kind of under the same impression, right? Uh, if I play my butt off and I show that I'm still relevant in this league and I'm a force to be had, uh, uh, you know, not not other teams to mess with, right? Then uh, perhaps another team uh, takes me off of this dumpster fire and uh, <laughs> brings me to the promised land. Uh, but, you know, honestly, uh, with Duclair, I've not at all been impressed uh, pretty much the entire season. Um, he scored his goal, and that's great. I think really what it came down to for me was uh, after Mike Greer had the the uh, the talk right with the team. Uh, I think everybody uh, kind of took that to heart, started stepping up, started looking better, and certainly Duclair was uh, a part of that group. And um, certainly, again, nice to see him kind of starting to return to form. Hopefully, that continues. Uh, but you know, it's it's one of those things where time will tell. We'll just have to keep going down uh, for the rest of the season to see because this could be another flash in the pan. You know, um, we talked about Zadina at the beginning of the season. Don't forget, he had a couple goals right away and he was looking like he was buzzing every night. And lately, I'm not saying he's not buzzing, but like lately he hasn't really shown up, at least not on the score sheet. So I uh, don't want to count the uh, chickens before they hatch there. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. For me, jury's still out on Duclair. Uh, I hope to see him playing better. Um, if, if for no other reason than to get him onto a team that uh, where, where he's got a good opportunity to play for a Stanley Cup. So we'll, we'll, we'll see again for me. Jerry's still out on Duclair. But uh, anything else you wanted to say about the uh, the 2 1 win against the Flyers? No, just the first win. And uh, it's against um, the Flyers, which is fantastic because did you see that? Thing? Did you see what Sharky posted at, at the end or what he did at the game? No, there I missed was- it. Gritty was there and he was up top and Sharky comes up with big old boxing gloves and just boom, knocks him out. Oh. <laughs> he just falls flat. It's pretty funny. Um, nice. So I, I really don't like Gritty. I don't like him at all. You know, I hated him at first and he kind of grew on me. I, he's just a goof and I, uh, you, you take him for what he is. So he's too cocky for me. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. He, he put uh, a kid in the penalty box during one of the, you know how they have the kids doing the five on five, right? So uh, one of the kids decided he wanted to spend his time fighting Gritty, uh, which is hilarious. So uh, it, it, he ended up picking him up and throwing him in the penalty box. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. So I don't know. He's a decent enough mascot, if you ask me. But that's neither here nor there. Um, let's see here. Uh, Peter St. Have... John. Here's a good comment. Oh, go Whatever ahead, go Greer told them, most of the guys took it to heart. Improved effort. Improved systematic details. Yeah. Beginnings of systematic cohesion. Absolutely. I They'll never tell us what, or nobody will say what happened in that locker room, but there is probably not one nice word said in that locker room. I'm sure it was a reality check to the guys. Um, again, your way off the team is by playing well. Like, there's no way you're getting out of here unless you play well. So, um, 
that was a that was a um he probably I wouldn't be surprised because I'm gonna have to fire you know your coach if you don't stop it kind of thing or maybe not yeah. threaten him to do that but it's always on the players when the coach gets canned so and from what I gather from other comments a lot of players love Quinn as their coach so um they won't want someone in there as someone else but how often are you gonna hear a player say publicly to the media yeah I don't like the coach though it's more of um like did you see Jack Eichel was talking about him because he was his coach oh, in sure. college yeah. and yeah. And he said, you know, I think uh, who was it? Shang was asking him about it. And he was like, no, he's he's a good coach. He'll get them out of this rut. He's the good. He's the right guy for it. Um, I don't know. I understand what you're saying, but yeah. I don't think you would hear other things. He also coached what Team USA. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would have had him as the coach team yeah. US, for Team USA if for one, he wasn't a good coach or two players hated him, you know? Yeah. Fair um, yeah. All right, well, moving on to the uh, game against the Oilers, a second win, Aaron. This is a winning streak they're on two games in a row. Oddly enough, uh, the the Oilers went into this game with a better record than the Sharks, but did not have a two-game winning streak. So uh, the lowly Sharks actually had their two-game winning streak before the Oilers did, which is mind-boggling considering uh, at, the, at least two players. Uh, you know, Dry Seidel and McDavid, of course. Uh, those two are so dynamic, leading the league uh, in in points last season and everything. So, uh, and goals. I mean, it, it's just it's ridiculous that a team is that bad with that high level of a talent on it. Um, I mean, it does go to show just how much you know you need depth in this game. You cannot have just a LeBron James. And and have him, you know, on the court, and he basically wins the game for you guys. It's the hockey's not like that. You need to have depth. You need, uh, you know, if you got four lines, you got to roll them. Um, and certainly, you can have your best players out there to have for those impact moments, but they get tired. Hockey is a game where you can only play it for forty five seconds at a time. You know, so <laughs> um, you you do need to have a lot of depth. And apparently, the Oilers just do not. Uh, the Sharks pick up the second one of the season. Um, it's a three to two win. And uh, we, we had said that it was the first game with more than two goals scored, but that's actually wrong. Peter St. John, I think, was saying uh, that they scored three in the Colorado game. So it was actually the first game that, uh, sorry, the first Sharks win uh, where they scored more than two goals. <laughs> that's so, not right. Did they not no. score three goals against Colorado? No, I thought that, w- that one went to a shootout and it was like, uh, Two to it was one to one that went to the shootout. I thought. I uh, I think Peter St. John's going to come in and, and I'm pulling it up right know. now. It was a two Let's to see. one shootout loss. Oh really? Oh yeah, Peter St. John, you were wrong, buddy. Sorry, what Peter. Happened? No, that was the first <laughs> time they had scored more than two goals. They had not scored two goals in a game, um, ever this okay. season. Um, so there you go. That's that's uh, three goals in a game. First time for the season. <laughs> Love it. There you go, Peter St. John. You can go and come at Aaron full force, buddy. <laughs> um, any idea of the ice time of Connor McDavid? Take a guess. The ice time of Connor McDavid? Probably like 40 minutes, dude. Like <laughs> they're doing everything they can to get this win. 24 minutes, 24 and a half minutes. Uh, that's a lot for a forward. That's that is that, a lot, yes. That is a lot. Uh, same with dry sidle, 23 minutes. And who's the other forward? Uh, Zach Hyman, 22 minutes. Those three guys. That that line was out there for a very long time. And they don't do 
penalty kill. So that was uh, a lot of obviously power play time, but even I uh, five on five. Um, we've talked about that before about how you like Brent Burns. People always want Brent Burns to go back as a as a winger instead of being a defenseman, but playing defense you're usually you're on the ice longer you'll be on there for like burns was putting in what 28 to 30 minutes a night that's he's on the ice half the time the most you'll get out of a forward i think 24 minutes is pretty high for a forward usually you see anywhere between what 18 to 20 is the higher end 24 is very high for forward um that leaves you with (laughs) a fourth line getting seven minutes nine minutes um and then your defenseman your other defensemen, there's there's two guys with 11 minutes, 12 minutes. Like they're basically there just to kill penalties. They're not doing anything else. Um, you want your best players on the ice most of the time, which is why people invest more into defensemen. Now, I'm not saying McDavid is not a good choice. Obviously, he's the best player in the world, but he's also he's not playing 100. Uh, percent Let's talk about that Eklund strip. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. Eklund uh, on the penalty kill, wasn't it? Yeah, McDavid's taking the puck out from his own end and Eklund uh, strips it from him and takes it back the other way for a breakaway. He didn't score, but it was a big deal because clearly McDavid couldn't catch up to Eklund. And I'm not saying Eklund's slow. He's, he's quick, but the fastest skater in the NHL should be able to catch him. So um, uh, I got something to say about that. And it's, okay, it's uh, okay. So it's not so much, and this is something I talked to, to to my son about too, right? Because he's not the fastest kid on the rink, believe it or not. Um, I'm five foot seven. He's unfortunately uh, inherited my genes. This is the highway parenting works. I don't know if anybody knows that, uh, but he's he's a little bit shorter, so his legs aren't as long, so he doesn't have a big stride. Uh, so he's not the fastest kid on the rink. But the thing I told him was, look, you don't have to be faster than somebody if you're just in their way, right? And what I saw from Eklund was exactly that. He poked it, stepped around McDavid while McDavid is turning to come back up ice. And it's not so much to me that, uh, what's it called, slip repeat? It's not so much that Eklund is faster than McDavid. Let's not go there. Um, but he's just his. he was staying just in front of McDavid. doesn't matter how fast you are. You can't skate through me. You can try to skate around me, but you cannot skate through me. So I just think that Eklund was doing the smart thing there. And I think that speaks more to Eklund's skill than anything else even if you're not the fastest guy between the two of them if you're smart in your positioning you can hold the sm- the faster guy back uh from being able to catch you and that for me that's what i saw eklund doing now maybe i'm wrong maybe he was just flat out faster but to me it was it was about his body positioning uh in in limiting mcdavid's speed not allowing him to get up to top speed holding him back and getting that opportunity so that's what i saw but you go ahead I mean that that was it. That was that's all I got. <laughs> uh Drew says it would have been incredible if he scored that goal. Yeah, absolutely. It would have been I mean, you know, it, yeah. it's it's you see you see these great plays oh. and 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 again, I always relate it back to when I'm I'm talking with the kids is like, look, just because your teammate didn't bury it, does that make it any less impressive of a play? Right? You can't you can't help that the goaltender maybe stands on his head, right? 
Um, uh, but the fact that you get that opportunity, and again, I'm talking to kids, so relax here. But like, <laughs> you know, the fact that you get that opportunity, that those are the building blocks. Those are the things that you want to work on because eventually you're going to bury that shot, right? Eventually, when you make that pass to that guy, he's not going to bobble it, right? But um, getting uh, those opportunities, I think that's the thing that um, kind of stands out more to me. Um, seeing Eklund being able to pick the puck, hold McDavid off, even if he doesn't score, it doesn't make that sequence of events any less incredible, and it doesn't take away from it in any way for me. So, if uh, uh, if Eklund scored that goal, I think Jay Woodcroft would have been fired in between periods <laughs> instead of four days later. <laughs> uh, maybe that that would have just that would have been the yeah. the gif of the Edmonton Oilers season of McDavid getting picked and sh- stripped and going back the other way and scoring a shorthanded goal. Like yeah. the Oiler fans would have just been like, I'm done. I'm done with this team. Completely done with this team. If the Sharks can do that to McDavid, you know, you know what I mean? Like it would have been a big deal yeah. if he scored that goal. It would have been huge. Not for the Sharks. It would have been huge negatively for the Oilers. Uh, let's let's uh, let's address a couple comments here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan Sontag says, "Ha ha!" Quotes, "Relax, Aaron." <laughs> I guess that was from me telling you just now. Whatever. Uh, Noah Claxton, no, I'm not saying Eklund is better than McDavid. What I'm saying is Eklund was, as Malachi Nunes says, crafty. He was crafty using craftiness over speed. Right? You can. If you're not the fastest guy, you figure out other ways. And I think that uh, Eklund certainly did that uh, in, in that moment there. Now, apparently, Aaron, we've got um, Grandizer is saying, I guess they don't see your question. That's why I always write a uh, hashtag question. I guess Scott K was asking about black jerseys. Scott, the reason we didn't uh, answer your question about black jerseys is because, A, we're not talking about black jerseys right now. <laughs> B, uh, we honestly, we're, we're not uh, one of the shows that really cares that much about jersey schedules and whatnot. And C, yes, absolutely. You were able to Google it yourself. And figure that one out very quickly. Uh, well done. Uh, maybe you can let everybody know what the black jersey schedule is uh, in the uh, comments right there. So there you go. Uh, let's see. What do you think about the Woodcroft firing? You know what? Are we done with? Yep. Yeah. Let's talk about that right now then, dude. Um, Jay Woodcroft fired. So ownership is scared of losing dry sidling like David. Do you believe that? Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. If, if you're on a team... Um, I mean, essentially, those guys could play anywhere. Any team is going to take them. If if there's an opportunity that they could sign with any team they want to, that team would dump whoever to get those guys on their team. So they are one of the elite few in the in the league that could pretty much in free agency sign anywhere they want. Almost like when John Tavares was on the free agent like mm-hmm. market. Mm-hmm. Remember how crazy people were like teams yeah. and taking him out to dinner. Like I know Doug Wilson wooed him, and and he possibly was going to come to San Jose um it's a it's a huge deal and they want i mean edmonton is a fragile uh nhl team uh before they got mcdavid there was chances that they were going to move out of edmonton because they were so bad they were so bad the team or the fans didn't want them you know they're not making money they needed a new arena everything got saved because mcdavid is on that team i'm not joking they built crazy to me though Hmm? is the amount of first round draft picks, not just for first overalls. I mean, uh, and maybe not all these guys are, were first overall, but uh, I mean, <laughs> Yakupov, that was a flop. But other than that, I mean, Taylor Hall, Jordan Eberly, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, right? I mean, these are some 
some really Eberle. talented players that just they yeah. couldn't put it together. Eberly wasn't a first round pick. I think he was a second round pick, but still like a high. Yeah. Okay. Jordan Eberly wasn't a first overall. Um, no, no, overall, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, they had a bunch. They, they, and they still can't really put it together. And I love it. I love seeing that happen when it's not my team. I just think it's hilarious. Same with the, the Toronto Maple Leafs not making the final since they won it in whatever, 64. Like, I think that's awesome. And I want that streak to continue as long as possible because I think it's just great. I mean, it's just like in baseball, the Red Sox were cursed, you know, after trading the great Bambino. Babe Ruth a long time ago, they they couldn't win a series or they couldn't win a championship up until, you know, in our lifetime. So I, I like those kind of streaks. The Cubs is another one. Like it it's exciting. It brings eyeballs and attention to it. So can you imagine like Toronto Maple Leafs getting to the Western Conference Finals and it's game seven and it goes to overtime? How many eyeballs are going to be on that game? Yeah. So many. So many. So it's good for the NHL to have stuff like that. I love it. Now, having said that, I want the Sharks to win a cup in my lifetime. <laughs> so I don't like it when it's my team. But I, I like um, seeing disasters in other places because it makes me feel better about my team. It makes me feel better about the Sharks because it's worse somewhere else. I don't feel so bad. Um, but anyway, back to, back to the Oilers. When I was thinking, looking at this, they are very scared that they're going to leave when they become free agents. Drysaddle's got another two years. McDavid has another three. Um, Drysaddle is due for a huge, huge bump in pay. I mean, he is criminally underpaid compared to McDavid or what he's bringing to the table. Um, McDavid is making twelve and a half million. Drysaddle is making eight and a half million. Eight and a half. Uh, that's slightly more than Tomas Hurdle. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's that's barely more than Hurdle money. No knock on Hurdle. But there's a big discrepancy there. There's a big discrepancy. Oh, you know, I kind of lie. It was, you know, a lot last, you know, month. And- <laughs> of course. So looking at the Sharks free agent or um, cap friendly and their, and their cap coming up in a couple years. Uh, there's a lot of cap space coming when those two guys are hitting the market for the Sharks. And I don't think a lot of other teams could say the same. So... Just imagine the Sharks landing Connor McDavid in three years. Again, I'm I'm just totally speculating, just spitballing. It's more of the Sharks will have a lot going for them at that point in three years. Whoever they're drafting this season is going to be more than ready at that point. Uh, William Eklund is going to be hitting his stride definitely in another three years from now. Um, you got, was it, Philip Bysteads coming along, right? You have, uh, you'll still have Couture. So when McDavid hits the market, guess who's coming off the books that season? Who? Mark Edward Vlasic. There you go. Seven million coming off the books. Assuming he's still there by then. Um, You have Michael Granlund's five million coming off the books. You have... Okay, let's put it this way. When McDavid hits the market, the only Sharks signed is Logan Couture for one more season and Tomas Hurdle for another four seasons or three seasons or something. Um... That's not that's not a bad number two and number three punch behind having McDavid there plus whoever else you got. So um I'm I'm not like getting excited. I don't think it's gonna happen. I'm just saying it's the possibility is there. 
I'm, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. How about that? Whereas other teams, other teams have too much other money and long-term commitments locked up compared to what the Sharks are going to have and what Greer is doing with the team. So I think they're in uh, they're in pretty good shape to make a big splash in the free agency market. Now, again, it doesn't have to be McDavid, but they're at least at the table if it comes to him saying, forget this Oilers ownership. This team is garbage. It's never going to go anywhere. They can't build a contender. Hey, let's look around and see what other teams have going on. Let's see their facilities. Holy cow. San Jose's weather is amazing. I want to go move there. <laughs> see what I'm saying? I'm building it up here. I'm building it up. I I don't see them going, you know what? Let's leave Edmonton for San Jose. Really? Over the way, because of the weather. What have we done lately that would make them think that we're going to be any better than Edmonton in the next few years? Have you seen What have Edmonton? we done? But what have we done? We haven't done anything. Right? Now, granted, you, you're talking about the amount of cap space, right? I mean, he's milking 12 and a half. Does he make more than that on the next oh, contract? Absolutely. absolutely. So absolutely. how many teams are going to be able to take that contract on? Not many. Maybe the Sharks can. Sure. So maybe that's the only in that the Sharks have is that we would have the cap space to be able to pay him the ridiculous amount that he's probably worth, right? Um, but I don't know. That 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 is a... That is like an NHL 24 scenario right there. That is <laughs> it's, like fantasy it's hockey at its finest. I, I fully understand and will say it's a reach, but I'm planting the seed. I'm planting the seed in the minds of Sharks fans that it is a possibility. That's all I'm doing. And if yeah. it is, and if it happens and it comes to fruition, I'm coming to this episode and gloating about it for years. Yeah, please. Hey, episode 188. This is the uh, Aaron knew that McDavid was going to become a shark three years later. Just to see. (laughs) This is is the episode right here. (laughs) You heard it here, folks. (laughs) As ridiculous as that sounds, uh, let's move on to the next game. Sharks Golden Knights. Aaron, you call this a scheduled loss. You can explain that term uh, in just a bit here. But the Sharks do go down 5 nothing lay a big fat goose egg back to reality Aaron yeah yeah I mean this is last week I said this is a schedule loss and by that I mean uh when the NHL made the schedule they really put the Sharks in a tough situation here where they're playing at home against Edmonton which you know before the season started man that's a that's a tough matchup then getting on a plane and flying into Vegas granted that's only an hour flight it's not very far but still having to travel and play the next day against a vegas team that was rested at home that's brutal so it was a a scheduled loss in terms of that um that's that's for the kind of the definition i guess of scheduled losses a back-to-back going into on the road against a rested team right that's that's brutal so yeah well, the sharks i mean I it was just the defending no cup champs <laughs> right yeah the defending cup champs that brought back the most players ever from a defending Stanley Cup roster. Is it two two players that they replaced? Yeah, I think it's 21 of the 23 returned. Riley That's Smith absurd. was one and someone else. It makes me angry in my chest. Okay, <laughs> to know that that team is essentially entirely coming back 
Um, you know, again, six, they win the cup six years after their inception and they're, they're just ready to rock for a uh, for another one on, in this, season seven. This is the team that I would love to see just, ex- just implode and just be done. I would love it. Absolutely love it. I'd love to see Aiden Hill just be terrible all of a sudden come February to the point where they almost miss the playoffs and then they just lose in the first round. So many uh, formerly Twitter X posts saying thank you <laughs> to the Sharks uh, with uh, Aiden Hill holding the cup over his head, uh, so, which I say you're welcome because when he played with us, he was trash. So let's get real. Uh, if he was able to play better for you guys, more power to you. But it's not like we were holding on to the golden goose and we just didn't know it. It's he wasn't doing anything for us. So, oh, well, anyway. Yep. The uh, Sharks' woes continue. Uh, Sharks at Ducks, a four to one loss. At least we didn't get shut out this time. Uh, and then one of these goals was a, a really fluky um, kind of a pop flyer that just happened to go over uh, over the outfielder's head. There, huh? It was. I don't know, did you see it? Did you watch did. the game? Yeah, just I watched it happen. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! Like, first of all, what happened? I need to see the replay. Like, what? How did that go in? Um, second of all. The time of these goals, it was one to one in the second. Vetrano scores uh, his second goal of the game with a minute and a half left, roughly, of the second period. So then, mm-hmm. now you're going into the third period down a goal. Okay, regroup. Two minutes in, there's a goal. Okay, three to one. That was kind of not quite the dagger, but like, oh man, that sucks. Less than a minute later, you get this fluke goal. Yeah. Like, are you kidding? So Gudis shoots it from the point. And it wasn't even that hard of a shot. Um, I forgot who got a stick on it. I think it was Granlund. Got his stick to block it. Hits it. Goes up. Vlasic is standing in front of Blackwood. Sees the puck. Almost like a pop fly in baseball. Yep. Tries to jump, which is not easy on the ice. And grab it. Misses it. Blackwood is looking below him to look around him because he knew the shot was coming from the point. Didn't see it up high because... In the stands, the black puck, you lose it. If you're not paying attention, you don't see it. You're going to lose it. You're not going to see it. He had no idea it was there. It goes right over his head behind him and in the goal. It's like, you got you to gotta be kidding. Like, of all the goals, that's a goal the Sharks should be scoring. And everyone going, <laughs> wow, the Sharks are so bad they can't score normally. They have to score this way. There's no other way they get on the board. Like, it, it was just terrible. And even Gudis skating the bench was kind of like laughing. Like, you got to be kidding. Like, that was a goal. Like, this is too easy. So, so ridiculous. Just that, that will be, like I said earlier, if, if uh, Eklund had scored that goal against McDavid, that would be the Oilers gift. This is the Sharks gift of the season of how bad it's going. Just, we could probably replay that over and over all year, just like we do with a David Quinn clip of how terrible we are. It's just awful. It's just awful. It will never get old. And we just stunk. Yeah, I knew it was coming. <laughs> it'll live in infamy. It sucks. I will say well, I'll, I'll correct you on one thing there. It's actually not that hard to jump uh, when you're a professional, uh, when you're when you're on your ice skates. It's actually not that hard. They they actually teach the kids uh, when they're skating to jump. So um, not not as bad as you think well, it is. I know. Not that I'm to, saying it's hard, but you're not getting high. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Uh, if you're if you have no leg strength, absolutely, but. Are you standing still and backing up and trying to jump for it? So it's not power like power squats, buddy. Okay. Okay. 
Okay. Anyway, he doesn't jump high enough, can't knock it down. Yeah. And the thing just, like I said, it's like a pop fly over the outfielder's head and just drops in the back of the net. Like, what are the chances? This is the hockey gods hate you. This is what this is, right? I don't know what we did uh, to, to upset the hockey gods, but they do not like us at all. Uh, and that, that puck goes in the net. So is what it is. Again, it's just a terrible luck type of thing. But you know what? Again, was that a fairly entertaining game? Eh, not bad. I thought it, up until that point, uh, the Sharks were still in that game up until those two quick goals in the beginning of the third. Then it was just, they were done. They were done. They never scored more than three in a game. And they just done it the first time the game before that or two games before that. So, yeah. Mentally, they're just, they, they're not strong enough mentally, nor do they have the skill. I mean, one of their, uh, who was a declare, was out that game. He didn't give a sick. So he, didn't, he wasn't even in the lineup. They just don't have any punch. Scoring punch. Yeah. Hence, uh, our next subject. Oh, I guess it's later. Somebody Boy. getting called up to the Sharks. You know what? Go ahead. We'll, we'll jump straight to that one. Go ahead. Sure. Real quick. Yeah. Sharks Sharks are in trouble. Duclair has been out, and that's one of their goal scorers. Hoffman's supposed to be another one, but he's been hot garbage. So um, Daniel Gushin was called up from the Barracuda. Um, he was leading the AHL, but he's kind of cooled off in the last four games. I was looking up his stats. He only had one goal in his, uh, his, uh, last four games. So he now is 17th in the AHL in 11 games. He's got four goals and nine assists. Now he's not going to be the savior of the sharks here. It's not like we're all of a sudden going to go on some winning streak, but I think this is an opportunity for him to crack the NHL lineup get a taste of the life. I don't think he's going to stay up here, get a taste of what it's like to be at the NHL level, which he did what two games last season. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also a reward for how well he's playing at the Barracuda. So it's kind of a a multifaceted reason of why he's being called up. Um, And obviously the sharks need scoring help and he's a goal scorer. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do. Now he's a smaller forward. I think he's, I think he's my height. I think he's five, nine, um, but uh, he plays a little bit bigger than hit than you would think of a five nine guy, so he doesn't get completely tossed around. I but thought you were gonna say thing. he plays a little bit bigger than you. <laughs> I was gonna, Everyone yeah. plays bigger than me. Probably skates a little better than you too. Just saying, <laughs> absolutely skates better than me. There's no question there. <laughs> but uh, this is um, it's uh, it's an exciting opportunity, and this is this is one of the going back to the very beginning of the season. How to watch the Sharks? This is what I want to see. I want to see these young guys come up. And be successful at some part of their game. Now, he he obviously is going to need to be more well-rounded to stick in the lineup, um, and also probably put on a little bit even a little bit more muscle just to, to take the grind. The, the NHL season is really tough. Um, in fact, there was a quote from David Quinn the other day about uh, Bedard because they're talking about Carlson, uh, Leo Carlson of Anaheim after they just played the Ducks. Um, this is one of the first times in a long time. I don't know if you know this, that the top three picks, and this is what sucks that the Sharks pick fourth, Leo Carlson, um, Adam Fantilli, Bedard, and Fantilli um, are all playing and doing well for their respective teams. And this is kind of unheard of for three 18 year olds to actually have success in the NHL, like sustained success kind of thing. Um, but um, it, it's good to see. The young guys coming in, but what what David Quinn was saying was, wait till you get to about that 50-60 game mark. You're going to see them tail off because they're just, 
it's hard. It's hard to play in a men's league at 18 for that many games. It is such a grind. So don't expect those guys to uh, to to continue doing what they're doing throughout the entire season. Yeah, it'd be nice to see him uh, get an opportunity here this season. Um, certainly, uh, it'd be nice to see him alongside a, a an incredible passer uh, and puck handler like Eklund. I mean, just basically get open for me is all it's going to be, right? If Eklund's got that puck, just find that open passing lane and get in it so he can fire the puck to you. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll see. I, I doubt he's going to get the opportunity to play uh, with uh, with Eklund there, but you know, it would be very interesting to see if that was the case. Uh, and, and, you know, certainly, uh, if he can have even just a little bit of success, a little bit of a taste of it, bring that back down to the AHL, hopefully, uh, kickstart him. As you said, he only had one goal, uh, in his last little bit here recently. So, um, you know, maybe bringing that experience, uh, back with his AHL teammates, the Barracuda, uh, can certainly help them out. So, um, yeah, good, uh, good for Daniel Gush in there. Um, let's talk a little bit about goaltending. Now we, we touched on this a little bit earlier talking about Mackenzie Blackwood, and um you know how good he's been for the sharks uh we're gonna throw some stats your way but before we do that uh we're gonna have the roll call uh right now and actually before we put the roll call question out i just want to remind you guys um we truly appreciate you guys in the comments but if you've got sharks friends and family that would like to be a part of the conversation as well please feel free uh hit the repost uh, retweet reshare uh, whatever the button is on whatever platform you're using, get us out to your Sharks friends and family. If you're enjoying the show, I'm sure they'll be enjoying it just as much. And then you got more people in the chat and we can have more of a conversation. And it's always more fun that way. So uh, please feel free to do that. And of course, yes, your producer Jason put it down there. If you're enjoying the stream, uh, hit that thumbs up, that like button. Uh, it certainly does help the algorithm. Uh, it goes a long way for us. Yay. So Aaron, the roll call question here is going to be, of course, uh, as always, uh, what city are you watching us from? But then also, uh, should the Sharks trade Mackenzie Blackwood if the teams come calling, or do they build with him as their future number one netminder? Now, I've got kind of my thoughts on this, and I'm actually a little bit on the fence. But before we get to that, why don't you tell them about some of the stats uh, as they're they're uh, thinking about the comment that they want to throw into the uh, comment section there. So go ahead, fire away. Uh, sure. I was looking up the stats on uh, natural stat trick here, and I was curious about the high danger shots because the Sharks give up a lot, right? So first of all, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood is second in the league in saves behind, I don't know if it's Jonas Johansson or Jonas Johansson, but he's the Tampa Bay goalie that's filling in for Vasilevsky. Um, he's at 364 saves with a game in hand, whereas Blackwood's at 343. So that's not many different. I'll make sure I'm on the 21. right screen. What's that? 21 different. Right. But I'm, I was making sure I was on all strengths oh. and not sorting a different way. But yes, um, in one game, I guarantee Mackenzie Blackwood will have more. <laughs> than that. So he yes. will be leading the league in saves. Um, his high danger shots against is 132. Uh, next place is Johansson again at 110 with a game in hand. <laughs> so, uh, or sorry, not a game in hand, but it, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood has a game in hand. So he will be having even more than that. Yep. Um, he's leading in, thankfully, in high danger saves. Um, 
but high danger goals against, he's also leading the league against. Now, the other stat I had that I pulled up that I found earlier was, let's see, uh, this was an interesting one. He leads, he's second place in the league in rebound attempts. That means a shot comes in and he gives up a rebound and someone there's a follow-up shot, right? To me, that if the Sharks had some defense and could clear out in front of him, it would be much better. He would be much better. The Sharks would be much better. I think this is what they need to focus on. Um, Showing up that defense. Let me pull it up again. Um, Rebound against. Yeah, he's at 71. He's tied with Vili Husso right now of uh, Detroit. But um, uh, if you can, if the Sharks could clear out the front of the net and clear out those rebounds, that'll go a long way. Getting rid of more high danger, basically rebound chances, which have a higher chance of scoring goals. Um, the average shot distance was was interesting to me that I pulled up here um, because he was the where did I have it written down here third in the league the closest average shot distance. So the Sharks' defense are giving up closer shots more often than not um, at 32 feet, 32.42 feet away. That's their average shot distance. So they're giving up too many chances, too close. Um, I mean, this is kind of no-brainer stuff, right? High-danger stuff. You give up too much yeah. high-danger stuff, you're going to get goals scored on you. You, you focus on the high-danger chances you limit that against, your team is going to do better. So I think... If the Sharks wanted to win more, which I don't know if they do want to do that, <laughs> that's what they need to focus on. Limiting the high danger chances will be a success, a, a key to winning. Well, and it's it's not surprising at all that they're third closest in average shot distance, right? Um, you talked about being second in rebounds. Well, rebounds generally don't kick out to the point, right? They're usually kind of right yeah. in front of the net. So, of course, they're going to be a little bit closer. High danger uh, shots against. If they're second in, in the league in that and and – uh, certainly leading the NHL in uh, goals, high danger goals against. Those are all going to be uh, in that that in tight area there. So yeah, of course they're going to the shot distance is going to be uh, really close. But um, to to go to the question of whether or not you think that they should be uh, trading Blackwood should something come along, or if they should use him as their future number one. Is there one way or the other that you're kind of sitting? Are you on the fence? I can see both sides of the argument here. I don't know if you've got uh, one side that you kind of lean more towards. To me, I would be happy if he stayed and, and was part of the solution here in San Jose in the long term. Um, I will say that the six-round draft pick that they gave up and everyone laughed at the Sharks for, um, that price has surely gone up oh, yeah. for him to come out of San Jose. So his value has, to me, I don't want to say skyrocketed, but compared to a six-round draft pick, it's definitely jumped up there. I would say uh, maybe a third, possibly a second. I don't think he can get a first just yet, but if he can continue doing what he's doing and proving to the league that he belongs as a surefire starter of a team, if he can help the San Jose Sharks, he's, he's at 900 save percentage right now. Um, Martin Jones couldn't even dream about 900 save percentage. <laughs> so I think um, being on a, an absolute terrible team, night in and night out, he gives the Sharks a chance to win every time he plays. Now, having said that, I think that Anaheim game was, a, he seemed a little off on that game. Just slightly off. Like just 
Reaction time seemed a little slower. I thought that very first goal of uh, the the tip in, I think Vitrano typed it. The very, I think it was the very first goal. Um, he kind of stood up to get it and he tipped it and went five hole and his five hole was wide open. To me, I think he just didn't play that right and he would want that one back. Now, it's hard when it's a tip, you're not going to, it's harder to save it. I understand that, but I just feel like he played that wrong. And then there's a couple other, a couple of the other goals I thought he, I'd seen him play sharper. So I think it was kind of an off night for him. Maybe he's a little fatigued. Who knows? But I do think he's proved himself so far. And granted, it's still a little early. We're only a month and a half, really a month in to the season because it started so late in October. So um, we like to assess people after Thanksgiving, which is next week. I think he legit is a number one goalie. And on a good team, he's going to be even better. And I think if you look at New Jersey, they're having goaltending problems, (laughs) which is funny. To me, I don't know. You trade away your at the time number three goalie. It reminds me of when San Jose traded uh, Kiprasov to Calgary because he was at that time he was the number three. He was behind Nabokov and uh, Toskala, right? Was it Toskala yeah. then? Yeah, it Toskala. was Vesa Toskala. Yeah, Vesa Toskala outplayed Kiprasov as the backup role. And no knock on Kiprasov, he was a, obviously he was a good goalie, but. When he played for the Sharks, he just couldn't put it together. And I think that was kind of the same thing with Blackwood. When he came back and was playing for New Jersey, he just couldn't get it together and uh, trade him. And and um, now imagine if he went to like a contending team instead of the Sharks. He probably would be up there in top 10 in the league, maybe even top five on a good team. So I think he could be part of the answer, but I do think the price has gone up for him. And again, I don't think anybody on the Sharks is safe. And that's including Eklund. Like, yeah. I think anybody is tradable. Anybody. For the right price. I'm not saying they should be, but for the right price, I think they could be tradable. Did, did you just say including Eklund? Yeah. I can't even I can't even talk to you right now. I'm just, for the right price? I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in you, Aaron. Okay. Okay. <laughs> He's like, okay, I accept this. Right. Fine. <laughs> See, I got big head mode. There you go. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if that was what uh, Greer went into that meeting and said. Nobody is safe. Nobody's off the table. Yeah. Get it together. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Peter St. John saying uh, he says, yikes. And I think that is yikes to um, the idea of uh, trading Blackwood. And he says that, which I think is to the idea of keeping him as their number one netminder. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Peter St. John. Uh, Mountain Go, there's a big divide here, I think, in the chat. Mountain Go is saying, uh, yes, they should trade him if they can get some first-round picks. I don't know that we would get a first-round pick, Mountain Go, but certainly if we got two, uh, they would pack his bag for him. So, yeah, absolutely. And he's a great goaltender for us right now, but if you have the opportunity to, get, to really uh, bring in some high-level talent, uh, I think you you absolutely do that there. Um, Sean Savage says, what are our other choices? We need someone to be a number one goalie. If we can get Blackwood there, great. So it sounds like he wants to build around him. Factual Toilet, phenomenal name, uh, <laughs> says to build around Mac. Uh, looks like a stud behind abysmal defense. 
that will improve hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. You, I mean, 100%, we've been talking about the defense not not playing well and not looking good, not clearing the front of the net, not doing all the things that uh, defensive defensemen uh, should be doing. And the Sharks certainly don't have very many offensive defensemen. They just got Addison. But other than that, everybody else, um, you know, is going to make their living in the NHL. Uh, certainly trying to keep the puck out of the net more so than uh, trying to get the puck into it. So, um, yeah, I think that they improved their defense around uh, around Mac, and, and he'll look even better. So, absolutely, I agree with you there. Um, Noah Claxton says, yes, only if there's an offer that we can't refuse, like a first or a second. See, he's a little more uh, realistic, I think, there. Uh, only because we see that goaltenders are pretty replaceable in this league unless you get a franchise stud. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I think when you have a good team in front of a decent goaltender, it goes a longer way than having a trash team in front of a great goaltender. Uh, so, uh, I think we might be on the same, same wavelength there. So, uh, yeah, like I said, it's kind of a Malachi Nunes here. It says keep Blackwood. Um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of split Aaron. And, and my, my thoughts on this really are, um, yeah, I'm in the same boat as the majority of these people here. If, if you're able to get a first for Mackenzie Blackwood, you know, again, we're, we're approaching Thanksgiving, but uh, there's all that time between then and the trade deadline. Uh, if he's really standing on his head, keeping the Sharks uh, a losing team, but staying above 900, I think that says a whole heck of a lot about his ability as a goaltender and certainly any other team that is looking for someone to either solidify um, at the one, a one B situation or to at least have somebody who is more than capable, uh, as a backup, maybe their backup situation is just utter garbage. Um, then, then certainly this would be a, a great way to help solidify the tandem, uh, that they have. So, uh, I, I could definitely see another team wanting to give up a first. I mean, we've seen that happen with, uh, Barclay Goodrow, you know, a fourth line guy on our team. He garnered a first round draft pick and it's because, Tampa knew, hey, we're going all the way this year. That that first uh, first round draft pick is not going to be uh, very early <laughs> whatsoever. So we're okay, essentially giving away a very early second round pick. So um, you know, I, I think another team in the same position would have no problem giving up their first uh, to to get a guy who can uh, backstop them throughout the playoffs and do it uh, at at this level uh, that he's doing on a very poor San Jose Sharks team. So uh, yeah, I, I, again. I, I'm very interested to see how this goes. I would love to keep him uh, if he's going to continue to play this way uh, for the next few years. And certainly if we can get our roster up to snuff uh, to, to support him, uh, we could be a very good team in the next few years. But, um, you know, again, if something comes along that is just too good to pass up uh, for a rebuilding team, I think you you really you have to go for it. So, um there you go. That's my thoughts on that. Thank you guys for uh, uh, contributing to that discussion. Do appreciate all the uh, comments that we got in there. Uh, Malachi says, can Capo keep pace with Blackwood? Aaron, what do you think about Capo uh, versus Blackwood? I don't think there's much of a comparison there. I don't think Capo is on the same level as McKenzie is right now, at least. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? No, I don't think so. I was hopeful that he would kind of turn around and put things together this season. Not that I expected, you know, Vezina winning resident winning goaltending from Kaku, but I wanted to see him be a little bit more competent and uh, I'm not seeing it really. I mean, he's, he's been okay, but I think on a good team, he's a good backup. He's a good backup in case your number one goes down for a little while, but I don't think he can carry a team. 
Um, and it's unfortunate. I mean, he's one year older than Blackwood too. So it's not like he's younger and up and coming and could take over. Um, his contract is done after the season. Maybe a team will trade for him at the deadline as a backup. I could see a team maybe that's as an injury or something to maybe their backup or something else. Um, his contract's not terrible either. So it's doable. I mean, he's only making 2.35 or I'm sorry. That's, that's Blackwood. Capo is making 2.75. Um, that's not that bad. So I think, um, there's potential to get something back for him, but I don't see him being the answer either. And I don't see him being signed past this season with the sharks. Um, Blackwood though, I could still see being extended, um, the way he's playing right now. And if he continues this the whole season, I think it's a steal for getting him at 2.3 and also only a six round draft pick. Um, but that's the way goaltending goes, man, you're hot one minute and you're not the next year and you're done in this league. So um, yeah, it's it, it, it. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Don't forget that uh, that low cap hit certainly helps when you're trying to trade that player. Other teams uh, are more easily able to fit him onto the roster. Um, and, you know, sometimes the return gets a little bit better because of that. So we shall see. Uh, no, see, uh, Noah Claxton had said Blackwood to Edmonton for a second and a third. I'm saying yes. Do you say yes to that now, or Aaron? Mm, I don't know. Blackwood for Maybe. dry sidle. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, if they I gave us a first, so. I would say I'd rather have one first than a second and a third. I agree. Quality um, over quantity. Malaki Nunes, do you regret trading Timo? I'm sorry. Malaki? Malaki? Malachi? Malachi? I think is Malachi. how it's pronounced. Anyway, I was just looking this up. Um, no, because the first round draft pick that they got, that they used this last draft, they got Quentin Musty. And I think Quentin Musty is kind of a similar player. He's a bigger uh, power forward kind of guy who will be up and coming. Again, another guy I'm very excited to come to the Sharks in the coming years. He's, he needs some more time, but um, I think that would be maybe not quite a replacement of Timo Meyer, but a guy who's going to be very exciting to watch play because uh, both his skill and size and power um, and the potential of having the New Jersey Devils first round pick again this season. That second round pick could be turned into a first round. Yeah. Um so I don't because I feel like Timo would be wasted away on this team. He would be probably leading the team in scoring kind of like he was. What was it last year? Beginning yeah. of last year when uh, he was, he was, um, he was actually doing pretty well finally, but I think he got the same message from Greer, you know, like you're, you're playing yourself to a better team. So uh, you better start playing well and, and put the team on your back. And that's what he did. So now he's in New Jersey and he's been benched a few times. So I don't, I don't regret it. I like Timo. It's not like I don't like him, but I don't like Timo on this current roster on this team. I think it's just a waste and I'm, I'm glad they traded him. So um, hopefully all of them pan out. Um, Zetterlin's been the leading scorer right now of the Sharks. That was another piece of that trade. Um, and Zetterlin, I think I kept, I tweeted this out the other day. He's becoming my favorite shark player right now. He is he is a hardworking guy and his hard work is paying off. Um, did you see the the small clip of when the Sharks played Pittsburgh, that 10-0 game 
of Carlson chirping. Eric Carlson chirping some of the Sharks players. One uh, of them not so much chirping, but uh, he was talking to, yes. Yeah, one of them was Zetterland. Did you hear what yeah. he said to him? In, yeah. It was in Swedish. He says, I'm like, I leave and now you're the leading scorer. <laughs> like, yeah. how did that happen or something like that? I don't know. It's pretty funny. The way he said it was funny. It wasn't mean. It wasn't mean spirited. It was just, you know, ribbing, kind of joking around. Yeah. Uh, Sturm uh, hit him in in the wall there. And, he, yeah. and as soon as he gets hit, he goes, nice hit, Sturmy. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, I mean, the opposing teams are supposed to hate each other or whatever, but like, a lot of these guys, you know, they've played with each other before, be it on the same junior teams or uh, in NC2A or, you know, wherever they came from before they went to the NHL. Maybe they've, they've uh, done some stints together in other leagues or whatever it is. Certainly some of them played all-star games together as well and, and gotten to know each other that way. A lot of these guys are just, you know, buddies on the rank and everything still. Uh, so, uh, you know, to have him come back and, and playing against San Jose, um, and to have you know, those kind of uh, little interactions on the ice is really cool to see. I'm glad they were able to capture some of that audio and 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 see it uh, uh, see it pan on the ice. It was, it was just kind of a fun thing to to see for for Sharks fans there. So mm-hmm. there you go. Uh, and yes, uh, Malachi says you're right, Paul. That's that's how you say it, Malachi Nunez. You, you remind me of that Key and Peel sketch. D nice, Balake. I've already been called A A Ron in the chat. A A Ron. <laughs> Where are My you? name will never be the same because of that sketch. Ever. Yeah. Ever. You know, I have the shirt. It says, uh, you done messed up, A.A. Ron. I, I don't know if I've shown that to you or not, but I do no. have the shirt. So I've seen the shirt, but not from you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan Rizanowski inducted in the Hockey Hall of Fame. This is awesome, man. This is uh, well-deserved. I'm kind of surprised because he's still active that they would do this, but okay, yeah, been, great. He's been going since the beginning of the Sharks in 1981. He's been the only voice of the Sharks on the radio minus the car accident that he got into when he was driving to the arena to do a game. Yeah. Um, I believe that was in the mid nineties, maybe um, kind of earlier on in his career. But a lot of these guys are still like Jim Houston, Bill Clement. I'm looking at the past winners. They're all still active. So um, I think it was uh squints from the Sandlot that said forever. <laughs> He's been doing it. <laughs> Since yes. the beginning of the Sharks, man, like, yeah, he absolutely well deserved. And this, now this thing is called the Foster Hewitt Memorial Award. Uh, and it's, again, part of the 2023 Hall of Fame, uh, Hockey Hall of Fame class. So there you go. That's him accepting that. Um, I guess they had that hung up and he was walking around trying uh, to find where it was. And whoever he was with was uh, showing it to him. And uh, I think the thing that stood out to him was that he, uh, he they, they spelled his name correctly. <laughs> he said that that's that's always nice that they spelled it right so it, it's hard it's it's a tough name to spell hey, right it's, it's a tough name to spell and i'll tell you this too aaron uh on now we just made fun of your name a little bit a a ron because that is the literal like phonetic spelling of your name there's two a's r-o-n uh if you go to tech cu arena and you take a look at the wall that has all the black plaques on it with people's names the people who uh were original uh, season ticket holders for that inaugural season, you will find one that says Fin Factor on it. And it says uh, Paul and it says Aaron, A R R O N. They've not fixed it yet. <laughs> I don't know. So for them to get Ruzanowski correct, but they can't get A A Ron. 
<laughs> True my whole story, life, man. I'm telling you. My whole it's life. <laughs> both both my first and last names have been butchered. Yeah, S C H. Yeah, right? always, everyone's put a C in my yeah. name. So it's A R O N A R R O N A R Y N E R I N. There you go. <laughs> um, Never the same. You know what? Never the same. That, that's going to be a recurring thing on this show. I can tell you right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Might have to. Never, <laughs> ever, ever been the same. May have to superimpose Super Bruiser and Jason's face on that one. Oh, that's phenomenal. <laughs> anyway, so yes, they spelled it correctly. And uh, a big uh, heartfelt congratulations to uh, Dan Rusinowski. One of the, uh, we, we had him on the show and uh, a great interview. There is a picture that we were looking for. Yeah, look at that book at the time. Stat. I was promoting uh, Movember at the time, clearly. Um, so, yeah, there's that big old caterpillar. <laughs> My Love goodness. It. Lo- I miss uh, yes, that, that was I a great, it. it was a fun show. Uh, we played a little game with him where uh, he uh, pronounced hockey names for us properly because we kept screwing them up, and uh, it was a lot of fun. If you've not seen that episode, please uh, feel free to jump back in time uh, and rewatch that one. Uh, a, a very fun episode with with Dan Rusinowski. Uh Peter just asked, Randy has been with the Sharks since the beginning too, hasn't he? Randy helped bring the team to san jose he was one of the people that spearheaded the um the effort to to get the nhl team here but i think the first season um he wasn't the announcer he might have done like a handful of games but he wasn't the full-time announcer i think he was part-time there trying out some other people and i think maybe the first two seasons so um he wasn't always he didn't do as many as dan dan has been the the man since the beginning since they started um other than that accident again but um yeah and uh highlighting this real quick noah claxton thank you guys for your persistence it's easy for fans to get disinterested when a team goes through a rebuild but i appreciate your dedication in creating the space for fellow passionate fans likewise we are very happy to have all of you in part of our community because i think we have a really good pretty pretty good community here that um you know we're all pretty cordial and and in the same boat in trying to laugh at the misery of the Sharks season. So it's the only <laughs> thing you could do this year is just laugh. It's just funny at this point. Like how many other weird goals are we going to see scored against the Sharks? I, I didn't see slow ball coming from Rado Gudis uh, the other night. So I didn't have that in my bingo card. Um, so it'll be interesting <laughs> to see what else happens this season. Still worth watching. I think it's still worth watching. It's still fun. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Granddad's just saying the A is silent. What A is silent? Then his name would just be Ron. Oh, man. I'm not sure where you're going with that one, but okay. There you go. All right. Uh, so, again, congratulations, Andrew Zanowski. And yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, echoing Aaron's sentiments. Thanks uh, to you folks uh, for being in the chat. We certainly love having you guys in here. It's a whole lot of fun. Uh, one other guy here uh, inducted to the San Jose Sports Hall of Fame, Patrick Marlowe. Um, now, Aaron, this is we've had uh, um, Evgeny Nabokov. We had an interview with him. Well, I had an interview with him. You had something better to do at the time. Uh, but I was there with him uh, and it was for this same ceremony, uh, inducting him into the Sansi Sports Hall of Fame. Obviously, now Patrick Marlowe's turn. Now, they do have those uh, kind of plaques where they have um, like a bronzed face of that person that was inducted into San Jose Sports Hall of Fame. And those are all around uh, SAP Center. So if you get a chance to walk around, really pay attention before you go 
uh, up or down to your section. And on the wall, they, they have these uh, kind of bronzed faces of these folks. Now you'll be able to see uh, Patrick Marlowe's face somewhere in there as well. Um, Aaron, there was, it was anything you wanted to say about, uh, about this event? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's a cool event. They do it every year and they add more busts plaques onto the wall. Um, I think it's in 208, 209 area on that side of the arena where they are. I think if I remember correctly. Um, but another person that went in alongside Patrick Marlon's event was Chris Wondolowski of the San Jose earthquakes for any of you sharks or, uh, earthquakes fans. Um, and he's a guy that, that I always follow because I actually played against him in college. Uh, I went to Sonoma state and he went to Chico state and it's just so cool to see that a guy from division two soccer, not even division one made it as far as he did and not just make it to the MLS, but uh, the all time leading goal scorer of MLS. So uh, the goat, if you will, definitely the goat of the earthquakes. Uh, one of the few goats of MLS. And he was the guy. I don't think you remember this because you didn't really watch the World Cup. But when the USA played against Belgium um, in the World Cup in 20, I want to say 16. Uh, Wondolowski comes in as a sub. There's 10 minutes left in the game, roughly. They're tied. And corner kick comes in. And he is wide open, wide open, jumps in the air. He, you see him put these, these goals away year after year for the earthquakes. And he sails it over the crossbar. And I always said, had he scored that goal and Team USA beats Belgium and moves on to the quarterfinals, everyone would know how to spell Wondolowski because that is a mouthful of a name. But, but not Rusinowski. Right, not Rusinowski. But it's, uh, it, I mean, it's such a mouthful that I think even on his first jersey that he wore, they misspelled his name. They gave him an extra letter or something. And so the next time when they fixed it, he added on the inside of his jersey the extra letters. Good luck because, he, you know, superstition and all that stuff. Sure. Um, but anyway, it was, it's cool to see all of them uh, go in. Oh, it's 2014 Brazil. Thank you. Not 2016. I'm off. It's a long night, and we're talking hockey, not World Cup. But uh, thank you, Brash John. And Brash John, also, I saw your comment earlier, um, much earlier, that you finally made it back to live. Been catching you guys on the rewatch, so appreciate you being here on the live. Um, and also, you asked, can we make Fin Factor bingo cards? Yeah, probably um, for like the Luke Cunning thing. Oh, I get it. For the, yeah. Oh, I get it. I get it. I know what he's saying. I I'll look into that. Maybe we'll have a bingo card by next week that everyone can print out if they'd like. To follow, <laughs> to follow along for uh, <laughs> uh, now every time Prince pronounced the name, we need a on slide. Lim Bloom, yeah, I always say Lim Bloom. It's Lim yeah. Bloom. My bad. That's why I'm, I have a big head. I am no Dan Rusinowski. I am not <laughs> a. I nail the Russian names. Everyone else is kind of harder. <laughs> it's the Great Eight, Alex Ovechkin. Nope. Oh, Ovechkin. Ovechkin. Yeah. <laughs> if you're Dan Rizanowski, it's Ovechkin. That's the actual pronunciation in Russian. Absolutely. Which is, it's like saying, is it San Jose or San Jose? A lot of people call him oven chicken, so let's not get too upset about it. Uh, upcoming games. We got two. Tuesday against the Florida Panthers. Both of these are going to be at home. And then Thursday st louis blues which happens to be hockey fights cancer night and there's a little banner giveaway there i don't know if we have an image or anything like that for that but 
Uh, those are the two games that are uh, for this week. Kind of strange to go two games and then four games in the week and then back to two games again. Um, yeah, it's a big, small, big, small, big, small. Anyway, so uh, if you can uh, give us your rundown here, Florida Panthers uh, to Chuck, what do you think? What do I think of that game? Like, what's going to happen? What do you think of that game? And what do you think of he? I mean, he's such a skillful pass. He reminds me of Brad Marchand with less licking. Who is that? To Chuck. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. He, Calgary hasn't been the same since that trade, since he left. So um, I think uh, Florida's a good team, but I don't think they're, well, I guess they are doing pretty well in the standings. I take it back. Bobrovsky's been playing a lot, and I know because he's on my fantasy team. Um, <laughs> I think uh, that's going to be a tough one. I mean, Florida's pretty good, and they don't even have all their best players back. Ekblad's still, their number one defenseman is still in the IR. He's coming off soon i think next week or the week after next i think it's after thanksgiving so thankfully he will not be in the lineup against the sharks but it would be a great time for him to come back to ease into a game i was gonna say to i was gonna say yeah, yeah. even if he's 90 percent, 80 percent playing oh i hate to say it but it's so true <laughs> but true he needs a rec league game before for his uh thursday night game or whatever it's yeah. gonna be for them he'll exactly. play the sharks he'll be fine don't worry about it <laughs> oh brutal like sad uh, and then the st louis blues honestly I don't, i'm not sure where the st louis blues are in the standings how have they fared lately they've been okay they've been getting better um they're kind of a team that has the talent and can't really put it together i think they missed playoffs last season if i remember correctly um Bennington, remember Bennington? Oh yeah, he's the uh, St. Louis Blues was a f- when they won five years ago, six years ago. It's been a while. Um, they fired their coach at Christmas, or roughly Christmas time. Uh, pulled up Bennington, who was at the time 22, 23 from the. I don't even think he was at the AHL level. I think he was at the ECHL level or something. And they go on this hot run, make the playoffs, and they end up winning a cup. Uh, it's been a long road since then for St. Louis. They haven't been able to get back into that groove, but still a very dangerous team. They're starting to put it together now. Um, but, uh, I mean, against the Sharks, the Sharks are the slump buster. So I think uh, there's a chance that um, the Sharks are going to go 0 for 2 in this week. Randizer is asking if we have a picture of when we went to the Sharks inaugural, yeah, you know, Sharks game in the inaugural year. Uh, I, I would have, have been to... like eleven. No, we were younger than that. Ninety-one. 10 or eleven years old. I was born eighty-one. God, you're old. So ninety-two. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll have to go back. I'll go back to my parents' house and and go through their photo album. I mean. It's not like today where you had your phone, you could take a picture whenever you want. Exactly. That's just it. I don't it. know. I don't know. Yeah, I'll let me dig through the old Polaroid stack. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I went with... Did you go to the Cow Pass? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went I went to one game with my dad. It might have even been the second season. It might not have been the first. Um, and we talked about this a long time ago on yeah. our show, but the only thing I remember about that place was it smelled like cows. It smelled awful. Um, we were in the cheap seats and it was very rowdy. Everyone around us was, <laughs> they had emptied out a milk carton, a gallon milk carton and filled it with beer and brought it in themselves. And so they're passing around this milk carton amongst themselves, drink, just chugging this beer. Um, 
they kept what I didn't understand because I was 10 is they were razzing the Sharks players. They were just just chirping the Sharks players the entire game. And they weren't they were wearing Sharks gear. It wasn't like they were the other team. They were just the Sharks were so bad. And these guys are probably Canadian. They're probably like in town Canadian, like not really Sharks fans. And um, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like they're just like real hockey players who are watching awful hockey in the NHL. And that's all you do is you just chirp them and stuff. Um, and I remember at that time, Kelly Kissio was like the main main guy that was their main score kind of. Yeah. Um, this was before even Urbe played. He wasn't even... I don't know if he was on the roster yet, but um, was it Haywood? Brian Haywood? Haywood and and oh man, it's going way back to the time machine. Get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what do you In remember? Case uh, sharks have certainly gotten better since then, except for this year. So <laughs> we're on epic tear right now. We'll see uh, how much history we make. Uh, as the season goes on. And of course, we'll be right here uh, for you guys to go ahead and either complain or or, or have a good chuckle. So uh, we just stunk. <laughs> so, so Jeff Hackett, is that the guy? Is it Hackett. Jeff Hackett was the first yes. one? Yes. Who actually went on to play really well for Chicago after that. Yeah. And his son actually played uh, a few games in the, in the show, too. If I recall. Oh, cool. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. In any case, uh, yeah, uh, once again, guys, I have to say thank you so much. I do appreciate everybody in the comments. It's been a fun night. Uh, I know the Sharks are horrible, but um, it's great when we can just kind of get everybody that's kind of the regulars and get them in here. And we're just chatting it up. Um, It's a lot of fun with you guys. Certainly keeps us going. And uh, we we do appreciate the comments there. So uh, I'll do my normal spiel here. If you guys would like uh, to support the show, you can do that number of ways. Uh, you can use the super chat function. You can also use Venmo at the fin factory. Either way, if you put get a, uh, a comment in there, we can go ahead and read it out during the show. If you do it after the fire, we can do it in uh, the subsequent show. That's fine too. Uh, we will address that question and uh, answer it for you. You can also go to the finfactor.com. Uh, if you'd like to get something back for your support, uh, you can purchase hats, shirts, water bottles, uh, hoodies, stickers, all kinds of stuff that we have available uh, on our merch store there uh, and does uh, obviously help support the show. But then you get to uh, wear our swag and uh, kind of promote us as well, which is awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, also, you can hit the uh, like button if you have enjoyed the video. Uh, it helps other people see that. Uh, if you are not subscribed, I don't know why. We only do this once a week, so we're not going to fill up your inbox with meaningless junk. Hit that notification bell. Uh, right where Aaron's pointing because I'm on the wrong side of the screen apparently uh, and and you will know when we go live so you can be a part of this as well uh, and, and of course as always if you can please we'd appreciate uh, more than anything else if you could repost reshare share us out to your sharks friends and family if you're enjoying it again uh, we think that they might enjoy it just as much so there you go Aaron any other last second things you want to uh, pull out of the comments <laughs> Comments. No, I'm, I'm done. I'm no, done. Uh, the last thing I was say is about the new set. Um, we kind of talked about it, oh. I guess, earlier, but new set is coming along very nicely, and we are just about done with the background yeah. part. Um, tomorrow, I think it'll be finished up, and then uh, working on the desk next. So we will have a desk in front of us the first time 
And I uh, am genuinely excited for this. Uh, I know it's been a long time coming. We've talked about it a lot, and it's almost like a joke uh, in the uh, in the chat section here. But uh, it actually is coming along really fast. Um, I'm. It looks so good in in concept and everything, and the, the build that they've put together. Uh, it looks really good as well, and I'm just super stoked for for us to be able to put something together that's better than the talking heads uh, on the glorified Zoom call. <laughs> so um, if if uh, if that comes sooner than later, certainly be very uh, happy to to share that with you guys. And of course, your support has helped make that possible. So again. Uh, thank you guys for that. And there's a couple comments here. Do you want to read any of these out or are we? Uh... Yeah, Ryan Sontag. Yeah. Any chance you guys would ever sell FenFactor embroidered patches? Maybe. I mean, how about you guys tell us in the comments below what you'd want to see for swag and we can see what we can do and make some happen or not. We'll see. See, Noah Claxton. See, you're pushing my buttons, Noah. A new <laughs> set coming soon, 2028. <laughs> no, a new set's coming soon before the end of this season. I want to say that's a promise. But I don't know. Next one's even worse. Will What's we that? get a new studio or before or after the Sharks lift the cup over X years? <laughs> hey, Super Deuce Jason threw it in the chat and says this month. And you know what? We're going to end on this. LM says legends. I'm feeling it, buddy. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Uh, uh, another great show. Thank you uh, for being a part of it. For Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And we will see you guys next week. Next week. Bye-bye. We just stunk. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.